Greetings, Earth. Tom Nardone here, host of the Tom Nardone Show, which has been referred to as the ADHD community's hub for productivity by absolutely no one. I am Tom Nardone, sitting at the summit of Mount Awesome. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Yvonne is not going to be on the show again. Surprise, surprise. But I have a very special guest. Uh, Lori Dupar is in the house, and she's here now. Lori? Hello, welcome, Tom. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I, I'm i sort of, I don't want to touch that one with the 10-foot pole. Um, Which one? So I'm sitting in for Yvonne. Yes, you're <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne's uh, uh, understudy today. I and, am her understudy. And, yeah, because I, I will never reach that. I will never reach her 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 heights. No, so well. Yeah. I told I told Yvonne uh, when we uh, just when I got home, I, I said, hey, "Yvonne, you want to?" And I knew I knew she what she had said she wasn't going to do it, but I didn't remember if I told her you were going to be on. And I said, hey, are you coming up to do the show? And she goes, no, I already took my meds. And I said, okay. She goes, what's the show? I said, I said, Lori's on. And uh, she goes, Lori. I said, yeah. She goes, well, I already took my meds. Why didn't you tell me? I said, well, I didn't. So she took her meds, so she's not going to be able to. She's kind of, they help her sleep. So we're better off without her. I mean, <laughs> I mean, get, trust, trust me, she's got her. <laughs> she, um, she would agree with what I just said. So okay. I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. Yvonne and I will have to have a conversation about that. We, yeah. yeah. I, you guys can do sleep. your own show one day. Yeah, may, yeah, both of us having taken something to help us sleep may, may, may be an interesting show. Yeah, but I don't know. Just wouldn't it be weird without me there? You think you guys could do it without no. me? Yeah, without- I think it's a big slumber party. <laughs> yeah, we put on makeup and do our face, put masks on. Oh, the girly, girly stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I do. I'm so glad that you're on the show, uh, Lori. Um, it was a. Uh, a while back, Meg had uh, Meg, Meg's awesome. I love Meg. She's like just on it. She is on it. She's awesome. She's an icon in and of herself. We call her a Meg, yeah. and everybody wants <laughs> her. enough to have her. Yes, excellent. Okay, um, there might be. I mean, as hard as it is for you and I to believe, there might be listeners out there who don't know who you are. So, do you want to uh, explain to everybody uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks. Right. Um, I, I loved. I, I sometimes forget to introduce myself, not because I think everybody knows me, but because I've actually been doing this for so long. Um, some people know me for that long, but most it's the most boring part of the show when you have to introduce yourself because you've done it like so many times, and you just have you have to do yeah. it though. So I'm gonna have to ask yeah. you to do it. I've been I've been an ADHD <laughs> coach for 15 years, which is seems crazy that I've been doing it for that long. And prior to that, I was a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Never wanted to be a coach, but I heard about coaching. I was looking for some resources for my son, and I thought, "Oh, well, maybe this." I, I was the mental health professional who did not, um, and most don't at that time, who really didn't understand ADHD. And I'd heard about coaching, and it seemed like there's a positive way to work with my son. And I thought, "Okay, I'll do this training," and it really was. And I sort of made the leap from being, I actually went full-time into coaching about 10 years ago and then have had my own private coaching program um, 
one-on-one working with individuals. And I realized over the years I've been doing this, Tom, that it wasn't enough to work one-on-one with people. So what I've started to do is actually train other people who kept asking me, how do you get to do what you do? How did you become an ADHD coach? Um, How do I become an ADHD coach? I want to help other people with ADHD. So that's sort of my latest endeavor is opening a coach training program. And and the coach training program is, it's not, um, is, I mean, it's for people who are already coaches and certified and all that, like, or is it just for people who want to become ADD coaches? Well, actually, it's a really great question because um, people are really confused as to who can be an ADHD coach. And you don't have to have any special training, in fact, but most people, and it's 99% because I'm always convinced that there's 1% I'll meet someone one day and I'll have to eat my words, but most people who become ADHD coaches either have ADHD themselves or they love someone with ADHD and they realize they have seen, they want to reduce somebody else's struggle. And uh, oftentimes they, it's maybe their third, fourth, fifth job. I mean, these are people that have already have prior um, professions or jobs for many, many years in other areas. And they didn't even know ADHD coaching existed as a profession. And once they did, it just felt like it, resonated with them and landed and they just knew that was what they wanted to do. Okay. And that's coaching for ADHD.com. That's the site. That's my, um, that's my, like my personal brand. That's my, my own personal business that I have. I have a ADHD coaching um, business. That's the one I've had for 15 years where I coach individuals that have ADHD. That was really how it started. Um, was just coaching other people, learning how to coach, becoming credentialed, uh, and working with people who have ADHD. I did that for a long time until I realized that that wasn't enough, that I kept getting calls from people who wanted to work with me or other parts of the world, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Um, it was felt like I needed to multiply myself tenfold, and actually the way that I did that, people gave me that when they asked me, how, do you, how did you become an ADHD coach? So that's what I do is I train them how to be a coach and they don't have to have any, um, the training to be a coach, I think is more special than, or there's a more special coaching is more specialized. I think the most, most people realize they think it's just an outgrowth of maybe therapy or education or telling people what to do. And it's not that at all. It's a whole nother profession and way of working with someone entirely. And that that's something that I really come to appreciate and over the years just see it makes such a difference, not only in my son's life, but in so many other people's lives. So I knew I had to somehow clone myself and short of being able to clone myself, I decided to teach other people. Excellent. And that, yeah. yeah. And that's, that is called the International ADHD Coach Training Center. And that's, and that's because a lot of time, and I didn't, um, now I, I knew that you were, uh, doing that you were coaching or, or training coaches. I didn't, I didn't realize that you were training people to uh, become coaches. I thought what you did was a, basically a coaching program for people who are already coaches. Uh, but, but you do, you do both. Uh, I guess I do actually do both. Yeah. For a long time, what I did is I worked with people um, who were coaches who watched my business develop and, um, who saw that I was able to reach individuals or had sort of a special way of um, reaching individuals that they wanted to know how I did. So I worked with a lot of people in developing their own businesses and, 
And then what I realized, like I said, was that I needed, um, so it was like, I had all these pieces, Tom, they were all out there, like all these satellite pieces I was doing in my business, in my, um, working with individuals with ADHD. I was working with business professionals with AD, uh, ADHD wanting to create their own business. And then I was also doing some training for other, another program that was training people to be coaches and, I just realized that, wow, okay, I'm already doing this. Why don't I have it just under a one roof? And that's when we created the International ADHD Coach Training Center. Yeah, and that, um, the, and part of, I believe you said part of that was the uh, the summit that, that you just did have. I know I was talking about, Yvonne yeah. and I were on that. And uh, I, by the way, yeah. thank you personally for yeah. letting us, but made a really, did you listen to that episode of my show? Did I have that on there? I don't know if I, you might I, not have because it yeah. was because you were you did the interview, but uh, you should listen to it because it's it's okay. uh, I, I really love the way I began it. I gave a really nice uh, intro for it. I was especially proud of it. I meant to tell you, but I, I didn't. So I'm wasting I have to go back <laughs> I'm wasting my airtime on this show to make sure you check that out. Yeah, actually, the Telesummit uh, predated a lot of uh, honestly just came out of my one-on-one coaching that I did with people. It was, again, sort of, uh, it, I sort of just had taken steps in front of each other. And I really, I, I had an idea I wanted to help other people with ADHD, but it sort of evolved as I've gone through it. And doing the Succeed with ADHD Telesummits been around for about six years. And again, it was my way of just figuring how to bring some of these great uh, resources to a lot of people. And then, and that, and you were on this last year. It was wonderful. Um, okay. Um, one other uh, question. I, I actually, I had a few. Actually, I actually thought to uh, put out. I, I got questions from people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually, I actually told everybody, and it looks like, uh, looks like I got a few of those. So let me see. Um, here we go. Um, okay. all right. Now let's see. Do you know, uh, Sherry Dolheimer? Uh-huh. Of okay. course. Okay. She had a question. Okay. Uh, hey, Sherry. It is, is there research on a connection between ADHD and diabetes? Mm. Are, are there strategies for success that work with ADD? I guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's an interesting question. And I get a lot of questions because of my my background as being a nurse practitioner. One of the things that I recognized is such a need for some of the clarification of these areas, Tom, whether it be medication, whether it be questions like Sherry's asking, which is, you know, is there a connection between ADHD and diabetes? And what we need, well, and it's sort of a mixed a mixed answer to that, actually, Sherry, Um I, I'm sure there is some research that's seeing a connection between it. Um, what we do know is that people who have ADHD and also have diabetes, it's really because of some of their um, planning and organizational challenges may have a harder time managing their diabetes. Um, I think it's one of those situations where they're seeing that there's a lot of people with diabetes that also have ADHD or ADHD that have diabetes and um now it's sort of catching up with what we're noticing. The research is catching up with what we're noticing. So yeah. I wouldn't doubt that there is a, there is some sort of connection. What it is, we don't know, but there's, it's, it's not uncommon that the two go together. And 
I uh, I don't abs- I have absolutely nothing to say about the research of it because I wouldn't have any idea about that. But I will say that uh, earlier when I checked today, it was that uh, at least seventeen hundred and seventeen people are uh, under the impression that there very well could be a connection. Uh, I think uh, Carolyn Dargenio uh, started a group called yeah. Shiny and Sweet, and which yes. is a, a group specifically for yes. for that. Uh, for those two groups, uh, hence the shiny for the ADD people and the sweet for the diabetes community. So uh, maybe you want to head on over there, Sherry, and see, uh, read some of what they have said. But I've heard I've heard that myself. I obviously don't read any research at all, so I, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, Carolyn really is, um, is I, I know Sherry and Carolyn both, I mentored them as they became coaches. Um so it's really wonderful for me to see them doing things in the world. And Carolyn, yeah, she has, that's part of what her passion is. Her son has um, ADHD and diabetes and um, she's looking, she's really the person to go over and take a look at that. Yeah. You know, her, uh, one of her kids was going to be Tom Nardone for Halloween last year. That would have <laughs> been so cool. I haven't talked to her this year and found out what they're doing, but I, I don't know. I love- Oh, I love that. I know. They were going to wear the hat and everything. I was going to say, do you, you know, my whole business brain is starting to go, do you have the, do you have the hat? Do you need the mask? Do you I, have, I was going to get her to like, to get on Zoom and like go live with them trick or treat. And so, so we could like film them yeah. going to people's yeah. houses and knocking on the door and saying, I'm Tom Nardone and you're welcome when yeah. they leave, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Would have been cool. Uh, thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> Uh, we could totally do that, right? There'd but, be a know, whole packaged outfit. And if I remember correctly, I was quite impressed because it was at one point it was down to three. It was Darth Vader, Tom Nardone, and some sol- a soldier, just generic a soldier. I beat yeah. Darth Vader. You beat? I, I beat. Yeah, that- Dar- I couldn't believe it. I beat Darth Vader. He was out. So it's down to Tom and the soldier. Unfortunately, the soldier won. Probably because the soldier carried a gun. Yeah, maybe that would have probably been a cool prop. I mean, which, it would have been. A cool I mean, prop. It, I mean, I guess if I'm a kid and I'm trick or treating and it's carry a, down a microphone or a machine gun, I'm totally going for the machine gun. Hey, but how? You did, know? But I'd rather carry a lightsaber than either one. So how did Darth Vader lose in the first place? Well, I I don't know. I yeah. How did he lose in the first well, place? <laughs> I, maybe because Darth Vader is sort of a dark character and you and this other soldier are heroes. All right. Well, I'll get I'll get Carolyn to ask Dominic about that. Maybe he can, yeah, what, maybe he yeah, remembers. Yeah, that decision was made. I think yeah, yeah, I think we need to go to the source. Right. Um now <laughs> when here's a question. Okay, hold on. Marie Angel at Oh wait. Crap. Marie. This is not a question. It says she she just made a comment on the picture. Well, Maria, Marie, thank you for the comment on my picture, but that's not what it was for. Read it again. I wrote something above the picture. You're supposed to ask questions. Okay, but last question is Sabrina uh, McElyay says, what do non-ADD, ADHD people need to know about ADD, ADHD, and how do we show support? Is that she's not ADD. Okay. So what so does she need to know about it, and how can she show support? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Boy, that's like opening up a Pandora's box, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's like I don't even I'm, – I'm trying to think how to answer that question. Um, 
because it's sort of like the answer. I don't want to say the answer to the universe. It's either as simple or as complicated as that, right? Right. That's kind of how I, I think of it anyway, meaning simple that it's the same way you treat anybody that, that is maybe different than you are. Like, you know, you listen. And you, take the blame for everything that your ADHD <laughs> spouse does wrong. Just take the hit. It's not worth it because you won't win the conversation. You no. won't win the argument. And, Just take the hit. How about that? <laughs> I, I mean, I know what you're saying there, and I know you take the hit a lot. Um, yeah, I'm okay about it, though. I mean, one thing about taking the hit is after a while, it just doesn't really hurt anymore. Oh. I mean, after a long while. Yeah. So just you either, what, you build up, like, calluses or <laughs> Yes, or I, for certain things, I suppose I, I do. But, you know, it's amazing the things I've just kind of, Yvonne just caved on. It's amazing. I was walking through the house thinking, my God, she would never have allowed that years ago. It's like, I wonder, oh. I, oh, I mean, Yvonne's the best thing for me, but sometimes I look around, I'm wondering, man, was I the best thing for her? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course I was the best thing for her. I'm just saying. Well, um, we, you know, we'd have to go right to the source and she's not here. So we'll, not. we'll do that on our, on our pajama party. Yeah, she, can, she can leave a comment if she yeah, thinks she to can. check Facebook yeah. next time she's on her computer. Yeah. I, you know, I, honestly, Tom, I, I really want to, I want to answer that question. Okay. I mean, it can be as simple as really appreciating that people are different and appreciating people's differences. I mean, it could be that simple or it could be as complicated as uh, depending on your relationship with that person, because that does matter. I mean, you brought up talking about Yvonne, it matters what that person's relationship is to you. It could matter, but it, there, you could go to the full extent of learning everything and anything you really could about what ADHD is so that you had an appreciation for for that particular person's situation. But in, in the at, at the nth degree, we never really can step into somebody else's shoes. We just, you know, develop, I don't even say a tolerance, but it's just, I think it's coming from a place of, of being open to people's differences and... Uh, and if you want to know something about ADHD, there's a lot of information out there that can help make sense of some of their behavior, which for a lot of people, it helps for them to understand that. Way better answer than take the hit. Good answer. <laughs> or in Tom's, in Tom's <laughs> case, you can take the hit. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just not good for me for her to do that, I guess. But she does it. She's so awesome. Um, Is she under the bus? What? Pardon? What? Will she throw you under the bus? Oh, no. No, Yvonne. You know, she just doesn't get... I mean, I don't know if that she's just... If she's just tired or if she... <laughs> I mean, it's just... I mean, it's nothing... I mean, I'm, I'm. things are, like, better, I suppose, than they, like, used to be. But I think it's just, like, she has to just ask herself, you know, what, what's what's harder to, to really go to the mat with this or just to... I mean, is this really worth getting into all that about you know and it's some and it's usually just not but uh you know it's funny because you but Yvonne has these spells you know where like I mean like I remember last month I was having a you know asked her because I mean when she makes the house payment it comes out of my account and I noticed that I've still got a bunch of money in there and I'm thinking well if she made no there's no way she made the house payment otherwise I'm getting this on amazon.com but I, so I had to, I said, no, I haven't. And I'm like, look, I went, actually went back. Couldn't believe I did this. I actually went back and looked at the dates like that the house payment has been made on. And I said, Yvonne, you got to make the house payment because I'm going to, I'm going to. So I had to like bug her about it. So I was kind of proud of myself that when, yeah. I, when I watched her get up and make the 
two-minute phone call that it takes to make the house payment, knowing that, yeah, I had a little something to do with that. Yeah, you, felt pretty good about that. that yeah, I made yeah, that I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like I went and made the house payment, but, you know, I delegated, which is just as good. Just as good. <laughs> um, the uh, Now, here's a question. Is it this is my question? Is it is it harder to coach a coach or is it harder to coach a non-coach? I would. It, it's harder to coach a non-coach. See, I would not. I would think that the opposite were true because I would think that a coach, you know, would have their own opinions about certain things and might just disagree if something you said wasn't necessarily in line with what they thought. Since they are a coach, I would think it would be a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. there but it's not it's it's easier to coach a coach than it is a person with ADD. Well, yeah and I think a part of it goes back to you know in coaching we are not telling somebody what to do so there would as a coach if you're if you really are coaching somebody there's not going to be anything really to disagree with what you're doing is you're in you're um helping them sort of access their own solutions to it um so yeah anybody who tells that you're going to tell a lot of people do come to me as a coach and uh think that i'm i and i do have a lot of experience and that that experience helps me do is be able to help them differentiate where the challenges are for them so we can you know they can start working at them what works what doesn't work for them um but a, a coach is actually someone who is a coach no there's a there's a whole process that we go through when we're coaching somebody that um a coach learns. Uh, and so they, when I am working with people who are they're training to be a coach or I'm doing training to keep myself up on coaching, there's a very big difference when you're coaching a coach or coaching somebody who's not. And some of the new, some of the um, adults who are going through the training program, one of the first things I do is actually have them coach each other because they both sort of know how it works. It's like they kind of balance each other out. They both know there's supposed to be this process as they go through. So it helps each other. But what happens after a certain amount of time is that if the coach really isn't doing that good of a job is that if one of the a person is a coach client, they sort of help the coach along. So does that make sense? Yeah. So then, yeah. And then if it's a, if it's, and it takes oftentimes for somebody who doesn't really understand what coaching is, and it's not something that's well understood for somebody who doesn't have a background in coaching to go, Oh, okay. This is what coaching is. So yeah, it's actually harder to coach somebody who's not a coach. And are, are now, one of the um, are there uh, what are some of the myths about that people think I mean because I know I, I hear them every now and then on in some of the Facebook groups but mm-hmm. what are some of the myths that that people have that you think prevents them from from going to see a coach that things that uh, you know that they perhaps don't understand uh, you know I mean I know at one time I thought that you know, so what is the coach going to do? Just write down a bunch of lists for me to, you know, look at every day. I mean, it's, but it's, it's really isn't like that at all. No. Um, and what are, what are some of the myths that, that you see people who come into it have, but after, after they, you know, experience it, they realize it's not like that at all. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you and know, I've touched on one of them uh, already, which is, I think that people think that it's going to be just like what you're, or, that it's like what you're saying that they're going to write lists for them and uh that and I like to think about what I do is being it's not something you could read in a book 
you couldn't, you can't. I mean, you can read a lot of books and most people have. They've tried to solve all of this before they start working with me. And really what I bring to it, Tom, is, is all of this experience of working with hundreds of people and being able to sort of stand outside that and help them be able to look at what's going on. Um, so if all I brought was what was in a book or how to make a list, nine times out of 10 people with ADHD are very smart. And they've already done that anyway. Um, so what's the point? Uh, but it's really misunderstood that that's what we do is that we tell people what to do that. And that's not it. What I know is that because sometimes lists work for people, that there are structures and tools that work for people, but not for everyone. It's helping that person figure out what works for them. And I never know that when I start working with someone, everybody's different. So, you know, and that's one thing I've, I've heard from you and several coaches is that, you know, it's, you don't do the same thing for every single person. It's almost like no two people have the same, no, you know, uh, thing. It's not like one thing just works for all these people, perhaps. I mean, I, and I guess there's similarities, one person, to the next, but you know, it's, it's really the, whatever the program may be, it's, it's tailored to try to encompass all the things they're already doing that, that may or that, that might be right. And just sort of to work on work from there. Yeah. I mean, the process of the coaching is the same. Um, and I think that's something I, I do think that I work with a lot of people who uh, have worked with a coach, but the coach didn't have that piece of the ADHD. So they were trying to do all this work or get these outcomes and they weren't incorporating the ADHD piece of it. And that's really what ADHD coaches do is we, I mean, a good ADHD coach is trained to coach life. They're a life coach that also has an expertise in ADHD and understands where the ADHD gets in the way of people accomplishing what they want to. That's what they understand. That's what their expertise is in. And also knowing that they, they don't know everything and I'm learning constantly from my clients. Now, it's got to be something that that they want, okay? I mean, it's like, um, I mean, if, if it's just coaching, okay? Now, when I went to the doctor for uh, to get diagnosed for ADHD, I did not want to go to the doctor. I had no interest in going. It was my ex-wife who, you know, kept on and on. And then finally, after a nervous breakdown that I had, I guess it's what you'd call it, I, I just, I went. And, you know, I did not, when I got there and he said, okay, Mr. Nardone, you know, what can I do for you? I just said, I just want you to give me a pill that makes me not hear any of the things that I don't like hearing, you know, that, that, you know, people talk, I just don't want to hear anything that irritates me ever again. And of course he told me if there was such a pill, I couldn't afford it. Uh, I, now I, I realized that that's now in spite of my reluctance to uh all of that i you know and i even told him i said i just don't really he wrote the prescription for adderall out and i just told him i said you know i really just don't get how you know me taking a pill is going to change anything that i think or do or or you know anything about me just because i take a pill and he says well what if you drink a drink would that have any effect on you and now I asked him, if does, does me, do I have to believe it's going to work, you know, in order for it to work? And of course he said, well, you know, do you, if, 
if you didn't believe that, you know, drinking a half a bottle of liquor was going to make you drunk and act stupid, he goes, you know, it would still do it whether you believed it would or not, right? I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, there you go. So he handed me the script, and, you know, and that was, well, no, his analogy was that it, it doesn't, I mean, for not, and I'm going to get to the coaching in a second, but for the medication part of it, uh, because of where I was with all of this, you know, I would not have been open or agreeable to be coached. And now I didn't believe, I didn't care about, I mean, anything really. Now a person like that who, who had no, in, you know, if for instance, instead of making my wife or my wife making me go to the doctor, let's say she made me reach out to you, you know, those many years ago, it probably wouldn't, it might not have worked because yeah. I had no interest in, in, I mean, I was so, hell bent on just being left alone and didn't want to hear all this stuff. But yeah. I think after having been on the medication, you know, then I might've been so, uh, but not everybody is there. I think yeah. a lot of people that <laughs> might come to yeah. you or whoever, you know, they, they legitimately see there's a problem and want, and want help. So, you know, those people can, you can do something with, but I mean, I, I suspect that there are some people who are maybe currently not, I guess, coachable. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think, and I, when you, it's, it's a great question you ask because um, uh, one of when you are trained to be a coach and you're you are a good coach, you recognize and you learn and you know because it's part of one of our ethics and standards of being a coach is that you cannot coach anyone unless they they give you permission to coach them. All right. So um, that's there's there's an ethics and standard that says that. So uh, it, that. And it also explains, uh, so unless someone gives you, you permission to coach them or wants to be coached, invites you, you don't, you, you're not going to coach them. And when people are uh, finding out about their ADHD, there's a whole grief process, emotional cycle that people are going through. And um, they may, may or may not want any kind of extra help a lot of times they're angry they're frustrated they they don't want that um and maybe six months later or a year later or whenever 20 years later they're reaching out to me and they've been diagnosed 20 years before but 20 years before they weren't ready they um weren't looking for someone else to to uh, work with them and oftentimes and, and everybody is different and oftentimes they they even come to me which is kind of amazing when I think about it right they come to me thinking that I am going to tell them what to do I'm not sure I would go work with somebody if I thought that all they were going to do was tell me what to do right. I'm not really good at people telling me what to do um, if they tell me what to do I'll probably do just the opposite so uh, it, it's amazing to me that when people contact me they do think that I that's what I'm going to do <laughs> and are actually quite relieved to find out that that is not what we're, that's not what I do. It doesn't mean that I don't have some great information in this right head of mine from all the people I've worked with, but it does mean that as a coach, part of the, one of the things that I do is I trust that they have the answers. Even if they're an eight year old, you know, little guy who's trying to get through second grade. Um, I trust that they have the answers and, you know, in that way, without getting too woo woo, coaching is really a philosophy. I truly believe, I think it's why it fits with me. I really believe, uh, always have, that people have the answers for themselves if we just take long, t give them a chance to answer and really listen to what they're saying. Um, uh, medication can help. 
and it will work. It will do something in your body because it's designed to do that, whether or not you believe it or not. Um, and people are at different places. Absolutely. So, I mean, unless they, they want it, they're not, it's yeah. It, what you say, it's not going to work. I also want to say that some, there was a time, which is, uh, I, I'm, you know, been doing this long enough to know about it when you, ADHD coaching wasn't even recognized as a legitimate niche of coaching because there was a rule that you couldn't coach someone who had a diagnosed condition and ADHD was a diagnosed condition. Now, I think what they, I think they were just really, it was at the beginning of coaching. They were trying to make, you know, make sure that we weren't crossing over to other, other areas of expertise. Um, but ADHD coaches really opened up that opportunity and recognized that, and there was a lot of thinking that if you had ADHD, you couldn't be coached, which was totally ridiculous, um, absolutely absurd. And once ADHD coaching was recognized as a legitimate niche, it opened up all different kinds of coaching, things, everything from uh, grief counseling, grief coaching to all sorts of, you know, depression, anxiety, which never existed before. What I, I was going to say, Tom, what I find when you ask about that people being ready for coach, because I, that's not uncommon. I will get a call from somebody that's, you know, they either were asked by their spouse and said, if you don't do something, I'm leaving. Or them, I may see a minor um, whose parent who said, I, you know, and I'm, I'm aware that they're there because their parent has them there. Um, and I, one of the things that we do in coaching is we're very upfront about stuff like that. So I acknowledge it. It's not like, you know, it's, it's an elephant in the room that I make sure that we talk about. And um, what I find over and over again is that most people are reluctant to work with someone because they are so tired of everybody else telling them what to do or thinking that they thinking that they know how to do it. And these are not stupid people. They have been trying over and over and over again. And the feedback that I get is from that people who might have been reluctant to even do an initial appointment, but then decide to come back is that because is that they will over and over again say to me, it's, it's so nice that somebody gets it. Some of the cr stuff that some of the crazy stuff that they think they're doing or the way that their brain works, uh, you know, they'll say, this is crazy, but I, you might not believe this. And I'm like, I've yet to hear something that I haven't heard before. <laughs> go ahead. Impress me. <laughs> huh? Like, go ahead. Impress me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some stuff. Um, what is some, uh, oh gosh, the other day I met this uh, delightful gal who I'm excited to be working for. And she was telling me, um, one of her struggles is that she's just incredibly talented. She's very bright. She's very good at math. She's very good. Um, and she thought she was going to be an engineer. And now she's also has an interest in, um, design. She actually though, when she's doing design, she looks at it as a math problem, right? That's the way her brain works. Is she, so she thinks that she goes, most people don't understand that, like that my brain actually, when I look at colors, or I look at the color wheel, I actually do an algorithm around it. And that is the kind of thing that is really, really common with people with ADHD is that there's these really brilliance and it comes together in sort of like this weird way that perhaps other people may think is somewhat odd, but in a lot of ways makes just complete sense. Um, but no one else has said, wow, okay, that well, that makes sense. That's not crazy. 
Um, some people do ask me, maybe because they know my backgrounds as a nurse practitioner and diagnosing, um, understanding the differences between the different uh, uh, mental health disorders, but they'll, I, it's not been uncommon. People will say, is that sort of crazy? Like, am I crazy? Um, and we'll talk about what is crazy or versus what's just ADHD. One of the things, and I, I was guilty of this, uh, not, I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, writing about it or anything, thank God. Uh, but it, it, I, I always just thought to myself, you know, why would, why, how could anyone, uh, who, you know, was not ADHD, you know, be an ADHD coach, they would never get it. But then, uh, it was on Eric Tiver's show, uh, ADHD rewired, that it was the first time I'd ever heard of uh, Jenny Friedman, who now is a you know Jenny very well, yeah, friend, very good friend of mine, uh, uh, very good. I mean, one of my one of my best friends, uh, you know, in the community, uh, Jenny Friedman, and you know, hearing her talk, it was just like, and and boy, she has got such a heart for this, and uh, uh, it's amazing, uh, you know, some of the results that she's had with with her people, and that completely, uh, you know changed the way I thought about that. I, I mean, I wouldn't really like standing hard on it one way or the other. It just, I mean, I guess if someone asked me, I'd probably, you know, not believed it, but you know, it, it never really occurred to me until I heard her, you know, heard her talking and telling her story, you know, and of course, if you know Jenny's story, I mean, she, she's uh, been in it for a long time, just not professionally uh, with mm-hmm. her family and some of the things that she's gone through. Uh, but that um- I, I think sometimes that's the difference. Um, when people become an ADHD coach, there are some individuals when they're looking for a coach, think they have a preference. It's sort of like, yeah, I think I would like to work with a woman or a man. I mean, it's that kind of preference. Or they have a preconceived idea about what it means if their coach is has ADHD or not. In fact, I've had some people who um, I work with who have said, I don't want my coach I've talked with some coaches who are obviously ADHD and I don't really, I don't know that that's really the best fit for me. So they're looking for somebody that doesn't have ADHD and others on the, on the other boat. Um, And most people who become coach, I mean, again, 99%, and I'm sure Jenny, I know Jenny fits this, is that they may not have been diagnosed themselves, but they have been around ADHD and, and are passionate about it because of their own personal experience, either, maybe a family member or spouse, that sort of thing that has ADHD and they've seen it. Right. And, you know, and one thing that, and of course we, we talked about this before the show, uh, is that I've, I've been asked my, myself by a few people about, uh, about you, uh, being ADHD and, uh, in all the things I've heard and read, I'd, I can't and was not able to, to find <laughs> anything where you have publicly, come out and said one way or the other and uh i know in the past i wouldn't say i don't want to say you skirted the issue but uh you know maybe didn't answer the question but i'm just gonna give you an opportunity on the show here if you would like to come out on the tom nardone show and ask you uh at 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 the risk of just asking are you yourself adhd yeah so, yeah, you and I mentioned that, and I said, that's a great question, Tom. And, uh, yeah, I'll go on the record. I have recently been diagnosed. On you know, the record, on, on the Tom Nardone show, you heard right it here has- first, Earth. Yeah. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. That, yes. So how, how does it feel so, now? 
no different. Okay. So, but, um, right. Everybody who knew me that if I hadn't, you know, when I would say, I've never been diagnosed, they're looking at me like, really? Like you walk like a duck, you talk like a duck, really? You know? <laughs> um, so I'm a duck. Um, right. And not in a bad way. And what I know, because I work with so many different people, that my situation where is not uncommon, where people are diagnosed much, they may have struggled with, they've, they've been able to compensate. We were born with this particular kind of brain style. We've always compensated. For some people, it's the environment they're in. For some people, it's the individuals that are in their life that are helping them manage that. Um, for women, it's not uncommon, which seems to be, I'm, you know, very classic in that sense is we hit menopause and the hormones change and all of a sudden without as much estrogen, more information than you ever wanted. Right. Yeah. I've been, I'm also in menopause. Lori Dupar officially <laughs> and <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming out menopausal yeah, on the Tom Nardone show. Lori Dupar. So, and that's very common as well. Not in, so I know that people diagnosed and seek that kind of information at different times for different reasons. So um, I have, their ADHD is everywhere around me. I, my first real awareness that, oh, there's ADHD genetically in my family was when my son was diagnosed, you know, 20 some years ago. Um, my husband's diagnosed, two of my kids, probably three of them have ADHD, but one is in an environment that's really supportive for her, um, brother and sister ADHD, parents. So it, it was very highly likely, if even if I wasn't diagnosed, that it was just a matter of checking the box. And uh, recently, I actually said, you know what, I'm going to go and explore that. Um, and I did. And I went and I talked to a psychiatrist who I had a lot of respect for here in the Seattle area. And um, I'm really impressed with him. He knew his stuff, which is saying a lot from, from, from me. And I said, okay, and started on Adderall. And what I know is that about ADHD is that you can be diagnosed, but really the definitive diagnosis is when you take the medication and it either, you know, it makes a difference. And that's the definitive diagnosis. So for some people, if the dosage is too low, they're like, well, it's not doing anything. What's the big deal? Which is kind of pretty much what happens with me. Um, but other people will say, yeah, it just helps me think normally. Again, when it that is a positive, it, when it helps them think clear, get things done, be more productive, hold their focus and attention, that's the confirmed diagnosis of ADHD. Okay, so you're not on medication at all right now, but you. I am right now. Yeah. Oh, and and but and is it how's it working for you? I mean, I mean, at first <laughs> not so much, but now is it is it awesome? Um. Well, my yeah. Uh, what I noticed probably the most. Um, and it's interesting because you asked me, right? Like, I, and I, I, I love having the experience of sort of my, you know, me, me, the little patient going in there and, and being the patient. And I really appreciate that my psychiatrist just, just, just treats me like a regular patient, you know, doesn't assume I know anything. Um, and so it's kind of fascinating from that side of it. What I notice is that, um, is that there's much more consistency in my day, that there's focus. Um, and consistency in my day rather than chaos. Are you is, less irritable? Not that I think of yeah. you as an irritable person, but you're less irritable. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I have my anxious moments. Um, like, there's an anxious component to me, which is um, very common again, that sort of kept me just sort of like in between the lines enough that, right, I was able to sort of manage. But eventually it spills over to irritability or anxiety. So I think it is much less, yes. Sleeping's better. I okay. feel like I'm getting more things done. Um, I still, I, I, I still sometimes am surprised that I, it still feels pretty chaotic. So. Oh yeah, it's not, it's not a cure, but it, you know, well, welcome. <laughs> hey, you know, it's <laughs> sort of like I've always been here, right? I know. And here, I, I was I, so there's a sort of like the other boxes: ADHD, non-ADHD, or undiagnosed. I was undiagnosed, right? Doesn't mean I didn't have ADHD or have that brain style. It just means I had never been diagnosed. It was never official. Mm-hmm. Did you never suspect it and wonder, or wonder? Did you wonder or suspect it, or just never really gave um, it much thought? Oh, of course, right? I wondered and suspected, and I think when I started to, um, I don't even know what probably said. Okay, why don't you just go find out? Um, but I actually, I kind of sort of do, but I won't talk about that right now. But um, I said, okay, I'm curious. Let's see how this works. Um, and even just, even when my son was taking Adderall, I never, there's part of me that is so in between the lines. Like I never took one of his pills to see what it's like. And I know a lot of parents do that. And I don't even know why I didn't do it. It makes total sense that they would want to know what that experience is like. Unfortunately, it depends on whether they have ADHD or not and how the medication works. But I never did that. So I never had that experience of what it's like to take a uh, stimulant medication that increases my dopamine to my frontal lobe. What difference would it make for me? Um, I saw it all the time with clients, but I never, I never um, had pursued that for myself. So, Okay. Now, as far as, uh, you know, your life is concerned, not the all the stuff we talked about ADHD, like just, you know, your life, like when, you know, when you turn the computer off or whatever and turn around, what do you go do? When what, I turn what do you do phone. for fun? You have, oh, you sneak off and part. you sneak off you and know, have like I an Xbox, you have like an Xbox in a, in a private room that you play you in know. Skyrim or Fallout on. Now, what do I do for fun? So I love that. And I, I actually, so it's so funny you asked that, Tom. I actually Googled that yesterday. <laughs> How to have I fun? Did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, I, you know, because I was raised in a family that you worked, and when you were done with work, then you played. And But nobody was an entrepreneur, or they didn't, I, I didn't have the role that, the role model that if you're an entrepreneur, you just have to say you're done. And as an entrepreneur, if anybody knows, you're never done. I could work 14 hours a day. Um, and part of it I love. So it is enjoyable for me. So I kept Googling. Um, I like, I enjoy my work. I have fun at work. And it kept taking me to how to have fun at work. It was like one of those like mixed. It would, couldn't understand the question like, but you're having fun at work. Um, but I was. And then uh, I actually, so you'll laugh at this, it actually went to a dating site. Because apparently that's a question that if you're dating somebody, they ask like a very classic question, like, how do you like to have fun? And I was stumped by it when, because some, someone had asked me that and I thought, what do I do? And part of, I enjoy work so much. Um, and what I, but I did write a list down. Do you want me to open it up? Oh, please do. Thank you for preparing for the Ask Tom Nardone show. You, you would be the first so, ever. 
We're the first ever. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna read this to you because it's in my notes. I wouldn't normally do this, but okay. I have to remind me later to do my software, right? All right. Um, where's my notes page? See, let's see. It says, "Can you see that?" What I do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Can you see that? <laughs> so I'll read this to you. Um, so if somebody asked me, this would be my answer. So. Again, I really It'll be love smoother it. if you commit it to memory, but for the purposes here, okay. go ahead and read it. Okay, I'm reading it because, like I said, I just Googled this yesterday. I this understand. A so my life is really active, and my work is creative and fun. Um, downtime is great. Uh, movies, music, community events. I love to decorate. Um, I love great conversation, um, time with friends or family, um, my pets. Um, I have sort of a passion for thrift shopping, and I love to travel. Uh, I actually uh, sort of can binge watch certain shows, um, everything from Mad Men to Oz. We're about to talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, What I like to do for fun is I actually like sleeping in. That is fun for me. Um, Staying in my pajamas, afternoon naps, those are all fun (laughs) Awesome. So I, if I need to add to it, I can. But you heard here first, right? What Lori Dupar does for fun, like it's like, am I boring or what? Right on. All right, now binge watching. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I've I, I don't uh, do produce Eric's show anymore, so I've had a lot of extra time, and I've used it to catch up on a lot of shows. So, what are your what is your current binge watching show? Or do you have one? Kind of in between um, binge-watching shows. Um, let me think here. Um, like I said, Mad Men was one of them. That's, Yvonne uh, loves that. Um, sometimes it depends on who's visiting me. So my kids are all different fans of somebody else. So my youngest daughter was here recently, and she wants to be a teacher. And she, it was in, she was watching Harry Potter. So... You know, we watch the whole Harry Potter series. I know that's not technically well, no, but there's enough. There's eight movies, so that technically it's a, you can that is, call that yeah, binge watching. Yeah, that's it, actually it, it is not, a series. Yeah, not my gig of time. Probably the reason I got into Oz was another one of my kids was here, and he enjoyed that. Um, that's an intense show. Yes, it is. Uh, I like Orange is the New Black, right? Love that. Oh, I know the latest one that I watched. I can't even believe I didn't watch this Game of Thrones. Yo, yeah, I just did finish that uh, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. That is outstanding television. Right? Yes, yep. Game, yeah, Game of Thrones. Um, I went back to the very, which was amazing how far back it goes, right? And I think we're over now for the season. So that was probably my last binge. Was that? You know, the the first show that I don't even think there was a name for it, binge watching. I think that sort of came in when uh, Netflix kind of got started or ended. Because I think when they first started, it was just the movies. And then they kind of brought TV in, if I remember right. But Yvonne and I were trying to find a movie at Blockbusters. You remember Blockbusters? Uh, to rent. And we couldn't find one. So I figured, okay. so we're, I was she, Yvonne saw the – and I'd seen The Office there. You know, all the time, you know, season one, two, and three uh, back then. And I, I just, oh, and, I, and Yvonne says, well, I heard The Office is a pretty good show. And <laughs> we went and got 
we took we've got the first two seasons, which was like six episodes. It's two discs. And we were went home and watched those, and I mean, we were crying, laughing. The, the I mean, and as soon as they were done, we took them right back, got season two, and watched the entire season yeah. two. Uh, I mean, it was like three a.m. Uh, before we uh, finished, and then the next day we got you know season three and did that in the whole day. So uh, that I mean, I mean, literally, I mean, I I, I don't even hours and hours and hours. I mean, like entire days that I have. Uh, you know, and I, I know one thing I mentioned on uh, Justine's show a while back is when I got into 24, and I think at the time there was like six seasons of it, and I actually was on vacation, and I got this wild idea that, hey, you know, I'm just going to start this episode like at the same time that it is when this episode starts and have the little 20-minute breaks to offset for the commercials, and I'll start a new episode at the top of each hour. Mm-hmm. So I was... For like six days, I was living the life of Jack Bauer, and it's like on the seventh day, I, I came out, and I mean, I, I would like racing downstairs to throw something to, to eat before I could run up and catch the next one. So, you know, that was probably my most disgusting display of binge watching. Yvonne yeah. actually got quite, quite irritated about that. But uh, I think- I think Mike, I think, I mean, I'm old enough to think like The Office, my idea of, before I knew there was binge watching or was just reruns, right? That That's how I saw like The Office and all yeah. those shows. And I usually what I, um, and I think I discovered that they have all these shows on, like you can watch, probably my kids introduced them to me, it was actually on Amazon Prime. You know, you can get the. Oh yeah, we got that. Yeah. And I think probably one of my first was like Six Feet Under. Don't know why I chose that one, but that was one of my first shows that I ever watched. Was Six Feet Under? I love. That's a great, great show, and Fantastic. a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those actors, you know, showed up. Another um, uh, Dexter was another one I just finished watching. Yeah, Dexter was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Narcos is a new one that's on. I <laughs> loving <laughs> Narcos. I mean, I I I just raced through that second season in a day. Yeah, this is the story about Narcos. So, with with for some reason, Spanish puts me to sleep. Don't know why, but every time I watch that, I fall asleep. So, I I, I guess it's and and I only really I'm only if I'm if I'm lucky I, you know, for me binge watching is two episodes because I have learned that if I don't sleep, I'm not good, and so I go to bed and um, I only might watch two. Two two episodes, three episodes at the most. And then binge watching, I might do it evening after evening to make sure I get through it. And what I discovered about Narcos was watch the first season, I think, but then the last trying to watch the other one, I kept falling asleep. So I don't know. I don't like I don't like that half of it is in subtitles and you have to read the Spanish stuff. Unless of yeah. course you speak Spanish yeah. and then you'll just love it. But uh I don't mind reading it for for that show because it's such a cool show. Uh, yeah, it is a pretty cool show. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, Breaking Bad, have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. You know, that, I, I had to laugh when I watched that. One of the interesting things about, and I'm sure right here we are talking about binge watching shows, but from, uh, you know, I'm always fascinated by how people think or like how that's always been what I, what interests me, but watching like Breaking Bad and I'm thinking, you know, and I also, um, my roommate's son, who was in uh, film production, so I'm getting all this background information from him, like recognizing like Mad, I think, was it Mad Men or something else was like made for 
sort of made for binge watching. But a show like Breaking Bad isn't necessarily. And literally, as I watched that show one after the other, I sort of went, I got tired of it. Even, But I think if I was watching it over years, I would have probably enjoyed it more. I enjoyed it for several several seasons, and I'm like, why are they still doing the same thing? What is he needing? Yeah, what is he needing this money for? But I, I do enjoy, I did enjoy that show. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the, the one show that I would say that I've binge-watched more than any, and, and several, I don't, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you how many times I've gone through them all, is a, the, the adult cartoon called Archer. I just, I have been through every episode, you know, 50, 60 times. I mean, I've been through the whole, everything. Really? I for There was a time, like, for a whole year, the only thing I watched the whole year was Archer because I had so many, you know, I didn't, we don't have cable, and I didn't really care about bothering with Netflix or any of that, and I had all the Archers on my hard drive, so I just, it's all I did. Even when I, most of the blogs I've ever written, I writ while listening to Archer in the background. I just, oh. it's just Archer, Archer. It's crazy. I think there's some way you can go to Netflix and you can actually get a tally of how many times you've seen different shows and all the things you've ever watched. I can't remember if anybody knows the link to do that. Let me know. But, uh, I know I've been there before and I, it was some crazy amount of times that I'd seen that show, but I've watched it so much since then. I'd really like to find out what my score is. Uh, so (laughs) on on that and some other things, I think you're assuming Tom that they keep score. <laughs> no, they do. Just they really, matter. they do. No, Netflix yeah. does somewhere. I, I'm, I'm sure. I've, I'm sure. I was like looking, like, because I even looked at some of the stuff Yvonne watched. I'm like, my God, she's seen that a bunch of times. You know, like some yeah. disaster movie or something that she used to like to watch every day. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the things that um, I don't, I don't do. I rarely, rarely go back and watch something again or read another book. I. My sister loves to read. My daughter will read the book. Like, I don't know how many times she's gone through the Harry Potter series. I've never actually read the whole Harry Potter series. That's also coming out here on your show that I've never really read the whole Harry Potter series. But I cannot go back and reread a book. And that's just, I get bored or watch a show. I did go back and rewatch Game of Thrones uh, because one of my kids hadn't seen it. And I said, oh, you got to watch this show. And um, actually, I think it was my son when he when he was here and he hadn't seen it, and I was very interested in getting him keep him occupied. <laughs> but you know, Eve, the thing is though about it's weird about people and family, and it's like you like I could watch a movie, and it's a good movie, but it, you know some movies I may watch again, some probably never watch again, maybe. But if like there's somebody else that comes over, a friend, family, whatever. And they're there, and they're like excited to see it. It sort of reignites it, doesn't it? So yes, you can totally just watch it again. It's yeah, weird how that. I mean, you would never watch that. I mean, you'd flip by that a thousand times, but now they're here and they want to watch it, and they're excited about it. So it's like, oh, now you can totally do it. You know, it's yeah. weird how that how that works. Yeah, yeah, I, I I do and understand that, right? You feed off their enthusiasm. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like watching it all over again. Yeah. And then, like I said, I get, I will get, if certain people are visiting, I'll get like the whole background on how movies are made. And that's totally a whole nother level of fascination for me. I, I, it keeps, I find that I have to do things that keep my brain interesting, interested. And so, but I, so that's why I rarely watch a show. 
but you entertain me, so that's good. Well, I do what I can. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm just glad to have you as a listener, reader, or whatever medium you yeah. find, whatever yeah. medium I uh, enter your life into. Yeah. Uh, but uh, listen, it has been a fantastic thing. How long have we been doing? I have no idea. Oh, oh man, you know what? I can't. Right? Boom! Hour right there. That was an hour. That was good. the one hour mark. Perfect. Well, Lori, listen, um, I want to thank you for being on my show. But listen, uh, assuming that we didn't lose everybody when, <laughs> when we start talking about our, our binge watching us, they can get it from the show notes, of course. But uh, it's coachingforadhd.com. And what's the other site? And that one is for your the coaching you do for individuals and, and coaches or and the coach training. Is There's a separate website for that. Is that correct? Yeah, separate website. It's IACT. Like in Tom, center.com, I-A-C-T, I-A-C-T-Center.com. I-A-C-T-Center.com. Perfect. Yep. I-A-C-T Center. Excellent.com. Um, and people can, uh, you, is that the way you'd prefer people to get in touch with you? I mean, you want to give out your cell number or any of that? Yeah. <laughs> well, they can call the cell number. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it's a whole nother, that's a whole other show for us to talk about porting a phone, right? I, not a lot of people know what that means, and I've been in the process of trying to port a line, so my phone number is everywhere. Um, but no, going to the websites are the best way to get a hold of me because that will take them directly to an email connection, and they have to only remember one place to go. So I find that that really works well. So yeah. they can read coaching for ADHD, or they can go over to the ixcenter.com if they're interested in finding out more about becoming an ADHD coach. And of course you're on uh, Facebook and what your Twitter handle is at Lori Dupar. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody does too. I mean, people just have a Twitter account. Not everybody is really focused on Twitter. I mean, Jenny, is, gosh, Jenny Freeman does Twitter like, like we do Facebook, yeah. but uh, so many okay. people don't know their Twitter handle. <laughs> I, don't. I, I think I it is, Laura. I think it is at Lori Dupar. I will put I a link in the show notes yeah. so you make sure you can follow her on Twitter. Yeah. But uh, again, Lori, fantastic show. Thanks so much for being here. Did I do good? Did I do good? Was I a good, a good host? Absolutely wonderful. Keep me entertained and engaged the whole time. All right. You got the scoops out of me. It, it, felt, so <laughs> it felt like a good show. So we'll, uh, and again, thanks a lot for being on. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. 